I want to talk this morning about our nation needs fathers. Our nation, our nation needs fathers. It's Father's Day. Amen? It's Father's Day. It's a glorious day. I sent a posting out this week on Facebook saying, where are the fathers? Where are the church fathers? Where are denominational fathers? Where are the social, secular fathers? Where are the governmental fathers in our nation? Where are the fathers? It's a challenge to the nation. It's a challenge to every, every male in here. And some of you younger people who are not yet fathers, hear what we're saying this morning. There is a need for fathers in our nation. Last year, Phil and I, we normally play golf uh, on a Saturday, if we can get the chance, and the weather's pretty good. We, we always end up in the 19th hole. And for those who don't know what the 19th hole is, that's the bar where you have a drink. What pastors going? Yes, we do. We drink lemonade. We bless it. Is it my fault it turns into wine? It's not. It's not. But we go in there, and, and last year Phil and I were in there, and, we, and it's a carvery, and it's, it's a pub carvery. And I said to the guy, do I need to book if I come in here tomorrow? Because it was on the eve of Father's Day. He said, no, you don't have to bother. We get no demand for Father's Day. He said, Mother's Day is different, but Father's Day, nobody's interested. You can just turn up when you want. And that began to hurt me. I began to think, oh, my Lord, there is no demand for Father's Day. And you think, how sad that is. Just think about that for a minute. And yet there's a great demand for mothers. We're not saying one's more important than the other. But we've got a state in our nation of fatherhood. We have an issue of fathering. And when we say father, we're not just talking about those who are not in or no longer around in the home. What about those in the home? So when we say fathering, don't think we're talking about a company of people who's no longer with the partners. We're talking about fathering. The practice, the, practice, the principle. And in Ephesians chapter 6, 1, here we see children... Obey your parents for the Lord, for this is right in the Lord. Sorry, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and in the instruction of the Lord. Now, irrespective of what the LGBTI say, and what they stand up for, this scripture puts the order. This and many other scriptures put the order. They want to tell you that Jesus didn't really mean what he said. Well, if that's the case, why, are all, why is all the Bible saying the same thing? Why is 66 books saying the same thing? Well, they're not all speaking on that, but the family is the issue all the way through 66 books. And here we see the order, mother and father. Not mothers, not fathers, not mother and a friend, not father and his pal. Yeah, this is not politically correct, but this is the truth. We don't need to be political correct, we just need to speak the truth. 
So mother and father. So it starts there. Children, obey your parents. Well, if children are going to obey their parents, who are the parents? Good question. So let's define who the parents is. Your mother and your father. Now you change that around and you affect the children. So mother and father is the pattern. Oh, this ain't going down well in many parts of our world, but who gives a rip? This is the truth. Which is the first commandment? It's a commandment that comes with a promise. It's powerful. So here we see the order that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. So mother and father, and it's the pattern. Children, if you obey mother and father, it's going to go well with you. What do you mean it's going to go well? Well, you're not going to get a slap for a start. But it's going to go well with you. But this is the point. Who wants to enjoy a long life? The secret in enjoying long life is what you can honor. Oh, that was good. That was worth the entrance fee this morning. What you can honor determines how your heart feels. What you can't honor and disrespect and, and, and a bitter, it has an, uh, an effect upon your life and on your heart. You know that? Critical people, bitter people, release toxins into their bloodstream. It's a fact. And they cause cancers or can create cancers. Right? I'm not saying everyone's got cancers because of that. I'm not saying that. Hear what I am saying, not what I'm saying. I said those things can create toxins, which then can lead to cancers. So I'm not saying you got cancer because you didn't love someone. You know that, don't you? Because yeah. I know people twist things. It's amazing. Well, are you saying then? No, I didn't say then. This is what I said. Let's just camp on what I said, not what I didn't say. Or what you think I might be referring to. I'm telling you what I'm referring to. So the first piece of advice is a warning given to children. Children, he's speaking to children. I want your attention for a second. Obey your parents. And all kids go, don't like dad. It's not a question of what you like. It's a question of what's right. We're trying, God's trying to set up the principle here and the practice of let your life, you enjoying a long life and things going well for you. Right? Now, we're all, we've all been children at some state. And some of us, being a child, are in some state. Yes? And we all are challenged with parenting, and it comes in its many, sky, its many packages, but we still have to learn to honor what God has given us. Now, that's a story on its own. That's a story on its own, but which we don't have time for. But to honor our parents is the practice, and it comes with a promise. So, guys, if you do this, it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. I want long life. I want long life. I don't know about you. The second piece of advice is honor your parents and it'll go well with you. So the first one is obey them. The second one is honor them. Yes? First one is obey. Second one is honor. And the honor then releases the promise. The command is to obey. The promise comes out of the honor. If you honor, this is what will happen. Amen? And it'll go well for you and enjoy a long life. So the third piece of advice is fathers, don't wind the stuffing 
out your kids. It doesn't say stuffing. That's Mancunian for the word exasperate. Don't wind the kids up. Because if you wind the kids up, it's going to create tension. Yeah? Exasperate your children, which means to make them very annoyed. Usually when they can do nothing to solve the problem. Yeah? Don't wind your kids up. Now, I love winding my little girl up, jokingly, in the car. But if I get her annoyed, it's not good. Yeah? Fun is fun, but annoying someone is annoying someone. And you know what happens when you annoy someone? Chances are you're going to get a slap. Yeah? Obviously, kids can't slap the fathers. Some would like to. That's the frightening thing about it. So, we know when it comes to describing the family pattern... Our society has a different view on what family is. And this is being shaped, challenged, pushed and pulled every day of our life. Every piece of social media, media, in newspapers, every kind is debating this and pushing this through. And it's only, when they say they're debating, it means they're trying to bring you to where they are. That's what debate means. We tell you what we think is true. Is the new truth. No, no, no. Let me stick to the original truth. You keep, your, you keep your new truth. I'm sticking to the original truth. Amen? So I know if, if you took me and Carol aside and we split us up, human race doesn't continue. Doesn't continue. So that seems a lot of logic. Oh, no, you want to borrow my hardware. And you want to borrow, and I want to borrow your software. No, 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 we can't do that. God gave it to me. And gave it to you for the sole purpose of this union. You can't borrow what I've got so that you can excel in your promiscuity. Amen? Now we know that families today, we have mothers who are doing a fantastic job trying to raise their family without fathers. Now, when we say without fathers, we know that comes with many reasons. Some have died. Some have left. Some have just, you know, exploded and just gone south. We know mothers are doing a great job. And we know there's mothers doing a bad job. Come on, let's be honest. Just like there are fathers doing a great job and there are fathers doing a terrible job. Right? So we know. And then there's, we have fostering as another alternative to bring some kind of family equilibrium into, the, into our nation. Right? So we've got all these patterns, all these reasons why people don't have fathers. But our nation still needs them. But we somehow we have to find the reasons and work on the reasons and work on the individuals. Because politics won't change this. I'm telling you now, politics will not change what I do in my house. <coughs> it won't. I have to change my behavior. My behavior may have been affected by what's gone on in my life due to my upbringing, but that cannot, it cannot stop there. But if I can work with the individual and help the individual, politics will never change that. You can make a rule, you can't smack your kids, but how many kids are still getting smacked? Right. You can make any rule you want. Enforcing it is the issue. Is that not my line with you, Phil? Time and time again. You can make whatever rule you want. Enforcing it is a different. We know you don't have the manpower to enforce it. So you can, you, can, you can tickle yourself all day saying we've made this legislation. Great, go and enforce it. So, 
The God who instigated the command and the promise for children to obey their parents is the same God who instigated the principle and pattern of fatherhood. Okay? The God who instigated the command and promise for children to obey their parents is the same God who instigated the principle and pattern of fatherhood. Fatherhood, Fathering is not a biological lesson. It's It's a biological responsibility. You know, if A and B come together and produce C, you now have what we call a responsibility, right? But there must be a pattern for raising children. There must be a a pattern for raising fathers. We all talk about raising children, but who raises the father? Now, the father's supposed to be raised through his childhood. So if you get the pattern right in childhood, it should should be a, a natural transition for when he's a father. Okay? But we haven't got that issue today. That's not our issue. Our issue is we need to re-educate, retrain fathers. True? I don't know about you, but I've said this before. I was the most selfish husband you could ever get in the first five years of my marriage. I was selfish. All I thought about was me, 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 me. Didn't even share what I had with Carol in terms of emotions, thinking, and dialogue. We were just living together for five years. That's my summary of my first five years of marriage. And in that first five years of marriage, Scott was born. But I'd like to think he's got a better dad in the last 25 years of his life than he got in the first three years of his life. First two, I got married. After that, then we had Scott. So I've had 25 years of consistency with Scott. It's not all been roses. But guess what? He's got, a, he's got a stable father. Now, I'm not painting myself as some perfect model, but what I am saying is I'm not the opposite neither. I'm not the opposite. If, you've got, if he's got any defects in him, it's his mother's fault. <laughs> hey, listen, that's what happens when you mix the breeds. England and Scotland. Yeah, you've got to take it all, haven't you? The good, the bad. I'll leave the rest for the last one to you. But if I read to you names like George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, Mahatma Gandhi, and Nelson Mandela, you would respond by saying, who are they? Uh, who answers by responding, who are they? Who are these people? They're not just leaders. They are national fathers. They're known as national fathers to their, con- their own countrymen. Talk to the Zimb- uh, talk to South Africans about Mediba. They'll tell you, Nelson Mandela, he's a father to their nation. Talk to the Americans who were our founding, they even give them the title, founding, founding Fathers. No, you're not your founding fathers, we found you first. But the point is, they, they, are, they are the originators of their constitution. So they are their founding fathers. If a nation can recognize it needs founding fathers, why can't a nation need everyday fathers? Why can't we recognize? Why can't we, why can't we pull out and say, he's a father? She, he, she can't be a father, but he's a father. He's a father. We've got to be able to identify who the fathers are. And we've also got to identify who are the ones struggling so we can go and help them. We really do have to help the family in this area of fathering. Now, most fathers won't tell you they've got a problem in fathering. 
But you just have to look at the wives and you look at the children to tell you whether there's a problem of fathering. Look at what they're producing and, that will t- and the health of what they're producing, that will tell you whether there's good fa- fathering in that home. Now, good fathering, by the way, will change from culture to culture, nation to nation. But irrespective of that, the Bible gives us a pattern. Amen? So there's different ways you can raise a child according to different cultures, but there is a pattern biblically how we can do it. Yeah? The Bible talks about disciplining, but it doesn't tell you how to discipline in that sense. He says discipline a child, but each culture will find its own way, and each parent will find its own way of disciplining their kids. Amen? So that's why you need the wisdom of God. How to discipline. If you listen to our society, he says don't discipline them. Well, that isn't going to happen. Why? Because I should have the autonomy, the power, to be able to determine what's right for my child. Not Brussels. So, let me go through this for you. Without a father, there is no seed in which to produce offspring. How many of you believe that? God needs seed. So he gives male seed, he gives woman infrastructure. Amen? Without a father, there is no name to be given and carried. I get my father's name, Higgin, son. In my name, son of Higgy. Yeah? So I'm a Higgy son. Without a father, there's no identity imparted. It's your father who tells you who you are. My heavenly father tells me who I am. I get my identity from my heavenly father. But my earthly identity, I get from my earthly father. I should get from my earthly father. Yeah? Without a father, there is no male affirmation or validation given. If, if I sit on my mother's knee till I'm 16 and she's telling me I'm her little soldier, there's something wrong. Yes? At some point, dad needs to say, honey, you need some man affection now. Son, you need to do this. And now he starts bringing the emotional balance. Yeah? Just like if all dad ever does is give him regiment, discipline, structure, he's never going to get any mommy thinks you, it's okay, we'll talk to your dad later. Mom needs to smooth things, th- some, some things out. So that's why God gives us a balance of male affection, female, uh, mas- sorry, masculine and feminine affection. The child needs both of those. And you overdose on one, you've got equali- you haven't got an equilibrium, you've got problems psychologically. So without a father, there's no sense of purpose and destiny set in place. Without a father, there's a lack of masculine equilibrium. Just like without a mother, there's a lack of it as well. Without a father, there's no one to take the child from being a selfish boy towards a man. Because all boys are selfish. It's me, instant gratification. Hello? And you know the trouble is, guys, there's still a boy in many of us. The first five years of my marriage, all I was was a boy. Instant gratification. Without a father, there's no one to tip the child from being a selfish boy towards a man. Without a father, a son has no hero and a daughter has no first love. That is so true. A father has no, sorry, a son has no hero. A son needs his father to be his hero, his greatest hero. That's why our fathers, irrespective of the pain they may have caused us, they are our greatest heroes once we understand their life. Amen? I put this together. I keep changing. Every time I look at this, I keep putting, adding things to it. This is going to be in my, in, a, in my new book. I'm giving you this free charge. 
Without a father, there's no pattern role model to look up to. We need patterns, we need role models. It's no use being a dad biologically, be a role model. Without a father, there is no heritage in which to glean or draw from. Without a father, there is no baton of legacy transferred. Yeah? I needed, as a young boy, I needed my father to be my greatest hero. Yeah? That wasn't always the case for me. I had moments when he was a hero. Moments when he was a hero. And I'm sure many guys in here would have the same feeling. Maybe their dad wasn't the hero. Or they look to him. When you're young, you, you think your dad's a hero. And it's only as you get older you realize certain things were missing. But that's okay. Because we can recover. With God, we can recover. Amen? It's the responsibility of every father to turn their heart towards their children, not the other way around. If you're a father in here this morning and you have strained relationship, it starts with you turning your heart. Now, you may turn your heart in prayer first before you can sit down and have the conversation you want and, the, and to get the pathway to build a relationship with your children. But it starts with prayer first. We must have prayer Prayer shows God how serious you are. God has a, prayer has a way of humbling you. You can't be a father unless you can become a son. Hello? If you're going to be a father, you've got to learn to become a son. This is where so many guys go wrong. They want to be a father when they've never been a son. Spiritually, I'm speaking now. Not physically, because... Because you are, a, when you're a child, you're a child. That's, that's what you are. But as spiritually, we need to learn to become sons and daughters. Yeah. That's just going to run over your heads, I know that. Malachi says this, See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Our land's cursed. Our land's cursed with children who are cursing their parents. Our land is cursed with children who are cursing their own parents. And this is what Scripture says in these days. This will happen. Children will kill their own parents, smite their own parents, curse their own parents. We're in that day. We're in that day. But God says us to send a prophetic voice to the church so it can stir the fathers so the fathers then can get the pattern so they can quickly go and arrest what's not right. God wants us to arrest what's not right. Hello? God wants us to arrest what is not right in our families. And we're going to be doing this as a church over the next seven to eight months. We're going to arrest what's not right. We're going to fight. We're going to work. We're going to labor for, for our families. Hello? I believe God is going to give us the grace to go and restructure the family. We're going to see fathers and sons coming back into great restoration. We're going to see fathers with daughters. We're going to see mums and daughters. We're going to see children coming back. We're going to see relationships restored. I would want that. Wouldn't you want that? I want my daughter back in here. I have a good relationship with my daughter. But I want my daughter to serve the, same, you know, uh, the, ser serve the will of God. So I'm going to send Elijah. I'm going to send a prophetic voice. 
Can I suggest to you, I am that prophetic voice right now. I am, God is using the prophetic voice through me to speak to you, to give you hope that we're going to, going to see your family be restored. But we got, it's not going to happen by you doing nothing. You have to find the pattern and work with the pattern. And we, we will endeavor to outline the pattern to the best of our ability. So God gave Abraham as a pattern to show us how God walks and works with fathers. Hello? God gives us a pattern. <coughs> Excuse me. He gives us a pattern. When Abraham was 90 years old, 99 years old, and God's using him to be a father. I, I wasted my first five years. This guy's 99 years old. And the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. See, there's a, there's a prophetic word to fathers right now. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm covenant between me and you, and we will greatly increase your numbers. And you will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down, wise man. And God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I'm going to make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come to you. So God's, sorry, from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. God is, setting, God is using this man called Abram. He changes him into Abraham. He gives a covenant with him. So we serve a covenant-keeping God. Why? Because God is setting up the pattern for nations. Through you is going to come descendants. Through you is going to come nations. Through you, kings are going to come to you. Why? Because they're going to see this pattern of how God walks and works with fathers. Hello? The nation needs to see how God walks and works with a father. When I see this couple here, I see a couple, and this is, I see because of what they do, there's many else. So there's many more people in here we could say the same of. I see a man who walks with God. I see those who they take into their care, they see that they walk with God. Now, how many of you know, when a man walks with God and a woman walks with God, how many children can God entrust? Why? Because he's showing them, he's showing the children that come into their care who've got a, a, a terrible background. He's shown them that it's possible for this father and mother to be different. Their fathers, their father and mothers, the children they never birthed. And this is how the barren woman can sing. Because the woman who, has, who was barren had more children than the one who had an open womb. They've had more children through their lives than they had biologically. It's, it's, God has to show, God has to draw people with a father's heart who can teach another generation how God walks and works with them. Why? Because that's called the model. That's called the pattern. And when you see the role model on the pattern, you think, I want my dad to be like that. I want to be, I, I, can you adopt me? Can you adopt me? How many times, David, did I used to say to Beatrice, Beatrice, if you was my mother, I'd have run you ragged. 
You were so kind. She was so kind and gracious to me. I said, I wanted a mother like that. No, I had a great mother. I had a great mother. But it was a mother in Beatrice. God uses patterns. God needs fathers who we can walk with and work with so that others can see this hope. Amen? The correct mindset and commitment of a father is to think that what they create, they must responsibly carry and care for well. This should be the mindset and commitment of a father. They must think that what they create, they must be responsible. I've not written that right. They must responsibly carry and care for well. If we could just get dads to stay with the same woman, committed to the same woman, to raise those children with all his heart and soul and strength, to love his wife with all that he's heart. Listen, you chose her. You chose to get in bed with her. You chose to connect with her. You chose to give your flesh to her. You chose, you may not give your heart to her, but you chose. If you can marry someone and you made a covenant, you went through a ceremony, you said certain words. Now, I know problems happen, but the point is if you can just love each other with all your heart, soul, and strength, like God loves you, then God will, will show you how it's possible to create, sorry, to care and carry what you created. We've got a generation who love to create. You don't have to be a dad to create. You just need the male part. Leave it there. But what we need is guys who are going to be responsible, who will take responsibility for what they create. They'll carry and care for well. Now, that's what I like about when I look how Dave and Veronica and the rest of the family take care of these children. They carry. They didn't create them, but they carry and care for them. Now, can you imagine if we can just get the other part, the guy who creates it, carry and care for? That's the most important part because he then sets the chain of events. If we can get fathers to think like this, Oh, listen to me, O house of Jacob, all you remain in the house of Israel, to whom I have upheld since you were conceived. And I have, so that we see conception, and I have carried you since your birth. So there's history. Yeah? Even to your old age. So now there's, not only is consistent, there's longevity. And gray hair. I'm getting old, and I'm gray hair now. Not as gray as some of you. Guess what? You don't care what color it is as long as you've got some. Right? And I've got a full mop. But you know what? My heavenly father conceived me spiritually. He's carried me spiritually. He's cared for me when I didn't even know him spiritually to my old age in my gray hair. Now that's a father. When I didn't want him, didn't know him, wasn't interested in him, he still came through for me. That's a father. Even though I said I didn't love him, even though I didn't want to know him, most fathers, when they get that kind of abuse from the kids, they're off. They're gone. But guess what? This father has stayed with me since the day I was born. It was me who saw you, Tony, in your mother's womb. It was me who ordained all, the, all your days ordained for me were written in this book. Before ever one came to me, Tony, I was the one who wrote the book. And I waited these years for you to get on my page. But as a father, I still treated you as my own. That's a father. That's a dad. It's not what your kids can give you. 
in, in the, I mean, our kids give us so much. When I look at my grandchildren now, they give me so much love and, and, and attention. They say words that you, you couldn't buy off them. Right? They make you just feel special, your grandkids. Yeah? And then as they get older, they stop saying it. But guess what? They're still special to us. And then we have to wait for our moments when we say special things to them and they get it. But we have got to be, grandparents have got to be consistent. Yeah? We, can, we can't just spoil them crazy. We still have to be consistent. Why? Because there's patterns to follow. Mum and dad can't be saying, you know, don't do this, don't do that. And you say, it's all right, it doesn't matter. It does matter. I'm not talking about giving them a sweep, but it starts with a sweep. That's where rules get broken. God appears to our fathers so they can teach, uh, they can teach and show us the power of their God. God appears to our fathers. We are where we are today as a church, right? Because God appeared to our forefathers. I should have put the penny in the, clock, in the slot again and pull it. We are all here today because of our forefathers who then preached the gospel, showed us the way, taught us how to live, right? So we're all a product of our forefathers. So God has to appear to our fathers. If God doesn't appear to our fathers, who's going to tell us about our heavenly father? Right. If my dad doesn't tell me, if my, my father's father ran out on him when he was young, my father doesn't have a lot to tell me about his father. Right. So I can tell Scott how his grandfather came through. What a jolly good fellow he was. I can tell him why. Because I've got history. But if he's got no grandparents, he's got no one to tell him how his grandparents interacted with God. But now, Scott's got, I should say, um, Ella and Harper, I've got granddad. How did granddad walk with God, Uncle Scott? So Scott can say, well, you, granddad used to walk this way and walk that way with God. And now he can tell Ella and Harper how granddad Walk with God. Why? Because God has appeared to me. So now he's appeared to me, he's now appeared to Scott. And now the next part of the journey is we want him to appear to hell or an harper. Isn't that the way? But it starts with a father. So assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers. History, fathers. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and I've seen what has been done to you in Egypt. God heard the cry of the, uh, the uh, Israelites in Egypt, how they were being oppressed. But God had walked and worked with the fathers and appeared to the fathers so that through Moses now, Moses could use the fathers as a reference point. Yes? Moses is now using the fathers as a reference point of how God walks and works with the fathers. So... We need God to keep appearing to us. We must have God keep appearing to us. You know, what really saddens me is I listen to some evangelicals speak and they talk about how God, God they met with God 20 years ago. They talk about the last miracle what happened 25 years ago. They talk about how the last testimony, it's old. So what have you been doing for the last 10, 15, 20 years? 
Why come you haven't got no new testimonies? Your stories are old. They're not insignificant stories, but they're old. It tells me that's where you stopped. It tells me that's where you stopped. Oh. So, what scripture is that? Exodus, isn't it? I've just lost where I'm up to now. Exodus. Oh, Exodus 3.16. That's it. Go and assemble elders. When fathers stop meeting with God, when fathers stop meeting with God, what happens is, is there's no more of God to be taught to the children. Fathers must not stop walking with God. Fathers must not stop. If I stop walking with God, I have nothing to tell Scott. All he's got now is a history lesson. What Scott needs to hear from me is wisdom from a father who walks with God. Now, he's he's got the same God, so he can go to the Father in heaven and get his wisdom for his own life. But there's also a father in his life who walks and works with God. And God appears to me in that sense. So he's got, he's doubly blessed. Amen? But at some point in Scott's life, Scott was sat in this church, just like Ben and Laura, meant this could be the same of many of other children. There was a time where my God was not his God. He came to church, but he was not connecting with the same God. So Abraham's God was not Isaac. There was a point when Isaac did not know Abraham's God. And Jacob did not know Abraham's. That's why he says, I've appeared to your, your father, your granddad. I've appeared to your father. Now I'm appearing to you. There's got to come a time. And I really believe that through fighting for our families this year, I do believe God's going to give every one of our children and our family members an appearance. God's going to visit them individually. And in that individual visitation, our children are going to make choice. I didn't say all our kids would instantly say yes. I said God is going to appear before our children, our husbands, our wives. God's going to appear. Why? Because God wants to reveal himself to the next generation. How many of you believe that? So there must, sons must have their own experience of their father's God. Sons must have their own experience of their father's God. The God of our fathers must appear to you at some point or it's just your father's God and not yours. Now, I asked you before, it's not about being a good, it's not just about being a father, it's about being a good son. So as you being a son, is is your father's God appearing to you? Is your father's God appearing to you? Think about this. You can't just Keep appearing to your father. The father's God has got to appear to the sons. If you're a son, father must appear himself, uh, reveal himself to you. But if you are uh, a son or a daughter who's got Christian parents, is their God appearing to you? Now, that's a, that's a big question because some of our parents have got such a bad relationship with God. And their knowledge of God is not that great. Well, I don't want to walk with that God. So the issue for you as a son is, if you've got that parent, if you've got a a Christian parent 
if your parent is Christian, God should be appearing. If he's not revealing himself, you have nothing to tell the next generation. So how do I get God appearing? Walk with him. Keep working with him. Keep yielding your life to him. And he will appear. It's not rocket science. God always, God always, always, always appears to the seeker. Always. That you've, got his, you've got his promise on that. Yeah? But here's the thing I found. One of the things I think, the proof of God appearing to you is there must be stones in your life. By a stone, I mean uh, uh, years ago when God had moved, they commemorated it and they built a shrine or a stone and that was for the next generation passing through. They could point to it and say, God met our forefathers here. Every family must have stones. If you're going to be a Christian family, it's your legacy to leave stones. Leave no stone unturned. Right? Now, I'm proud as a father, but here's the issue. Don't just keep old stones. Keep putting stones down. You don't build a pathway with one stone. You build a pathway with stones. Plural. Not one. Plural. So, there must be miracles in your family. Answers to prayers. Testimonies that your children cannot deny or dispute. So, for us, we've seen how Scott... Uh, Scott, I'm picking on Scott because he's, he's sat here in front of us. But the issue is, is he's seen his mother been healed. He's seen his father. He's never lacked for anything. He's seen how God has prepared and has carried and has pro, uh, created provisions for his dad. God, Scott's not wanted for anything. Now, he might have wanted a bit more, but he's never wanted for anything. Right? So he's seen miracles. He's seen how Carol's been healed. He's seen how God put gold teeth in Carol's mouth to make a point to the church. He's seen how uh, he's seen me. He's been with me. He's seen how God works through me. He's got no argument to turn around and say, Dad's God does not exist. Now, he may have his own internal issues, may walk away, but he can never, ever turn around and say, Dad has not put stones down. Now, Dad's challenge is to keep putting them down. And to help, together now, we put stones down. Because as he goes into his own life and he pursues his you know, relationships and things like that, he wants his own legacy in his own family. But he wants to bring his family over to grandpa's legacy. Say, this is what was labored for us, built for us. Now, we can come and see granddad's stones. And hopefully by seeing granddad's stuff, his father's stones, should say, it can help him and encourage him. To trust God to build his own. Now our family has a pathway. Every family must build this infrastructure into their relationships. Where is the God of Elijah? The people cried. Where is the God of the pastor? Where, never mind the, where, where is the God of the pastor. Where is the God of the people? Here, let me ask you another question. Where are the miracles of God? Wrong question. Where are the people working in signs and wonders? Don't ask God where the miracles are. He's looking for the people who will move in signs and wonders. The answer is you. If we can get the people to work in signs and wonders, you'll find the miracle working God. True? So, 
tonight appeared. We know this scripture. God of the Father, Abraham, do not be afraid, for I am with you. I'll bless you and increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. Isaac built an altar there, and he called on the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there, and there the servants dug a well. Now Isaac's, on, now Isaac's got the same God Abraham had. What fathers do not get right in their lifetime, the sons will have to pay, in their, pay the price in their lifetime. What the fathers don't get right in their lifetime, what they ignore, what they don't get right, the sons are going to have to pay the price for the fathers. All these children who have no fathers are paying the price for fathers who abandon them. Yeah, that's just one example. It's just one example. When dad didn't make the investment on Johnny's life at the time Johnny needed it, how many of you know Johnny's going to pay the price in the future? Yes? The Lord is slow to anger, abounded in love, forgiving sins, rebellion, yet he does not leave the, quality, uh, the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sin of the fathers. Let me stop right there. That's not your portion. Let me stop right there, because I use that scripture deliberately, thinking to lure you in, thinking, oh, we're going to get punished for our fathers. That's not what now happens to us in the New Testament. That's what happened in the Old Testament. Okay? I need to make this point, because this is where a lot of ministry about curses and breaking curses, and this whole ministry of curse, 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 curse. Right? There's a big ministry about breaking the curses of your generations. If you are in Christ, the past has been forgiven. It's been broken. It's called the bloodline. Now, don't, get a, don't, look for, don't go to the other seminar now, what teaches you how to get a bucket of blood and throw it on everything. The blood has already been shed for you. It's already been shed for you, so you don't have to go to a curse conference. You don't have to go to a book, uh, blood conference now. I've just saved you two conferences. Right? What you do is you recognize the past and move on from it. That's not coming near my door. Shirley and me realize that our father, not that father, our biological father was an adulterer. Shirley and I said it's not coming to us. We didn't say, we'll have to go to a curse conference. Now we're, we're cursed. Now you and I are going to have adultery. Not together, but we're going to commit adultery. No, we just said it's not coming to our door. Why? I have a choice. It's not coming to my door. Why? Because Christ shed his blood for me. He freed me from the sin. I'm not under no curse no more. Christ took the curse. Amen? There is so many Christians keep going back for ministry, for counseling on curses, 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 curses. It's wrong. You're being duped. The enemy loves it. And so many people are making a lot of money out of it. Hello? Oh, I'm preaching good this morning. I know I am. If we're going to build stones for our kids, there's two ways you can build a stone. There is a testimony. Really? There's a testimony. It's what God did for you. But if you want to build a stone... Why don't you start with prayer? Build a prayer stone. You know why? Because God will remember, remember your prayers irrespective when you've gone. Oh, that was worth a better response than that. My kids, if I die tonight, there's been enough sown in the spirit. God will remember a prayer. 
God remembers the prayers of the saints. God does not forget. So why? Because my prayer is, a, is an altar. It's a shrine that God knows. I've got history with this boy. I've got history with this boy. I will see that his children come through because of the, the hours he spent in prayer. He doesn't matter what generation comes along. God will honor the prayers of the saints. That's the best shrine you can build. The best shrine you can build is prayer. God, give me wisdom to raise my family. Give me wisdom to be a good wife. Give me wisdom to be a good husband. Give me wisdom, oh God. Give me wisdom. Don't expect the church to do everything for you. Church can't raise your kids. You raise your kids. They're your responsibility. Amen? The church will help and assist, but it can't do the job. That's that's why it says parents... Children, obey your parents. He didn't say obey the, obey the church. He said obey your parents. You're the one. So sons must have their... Sorry, what the fathers did not get right in their lifetime, the sons will have to pay the price in their lifetime. Who remembers the two George Bushes? One went to Kuwait. Could have took a Saddam Hussein there. He didn't. They turned around came back. What did the other fellow have to do? Go and fight the battle his dad didn't finish. And now we're all paying the price. Yeah? Coming to land now. So you know, you're not cursed. None of that rubbish. I'm cursed. It's because I'm cursed. I must have a generational curse. I must go home and find out who had the Ouija board in our house. There's no Ouija board. Get rid of it. It's gone. Stand where you are. I'm no longer, that's not my heritage. That's not my destiny. That's not, that map was my history, but it's not my destiny. Don't fall, don't fall for these ministries that keep saying, we'll break the curse. You break the curse and then you go to another conference and they tell you, maybe I didn't get the curse broke off me. Maybe I need it breaking off me in this. And you keep going from conference to conference. You are cursed with stupidity. Fathers, only a father can, ident- can set identity into the lives. Only a father can set identity into our lives. Only a father. Heavenly Father tells me who I am. Yeah? I'm going to move on. Our father should be the mirror that we, we, uh, that we look into. This is the acid test. Our fathers should be the mirror that our children look into. Father, Daddy, I want to be like you. See, when Scott was young... Hopefully, I was his hero. I was the mirror. Daddy, I want to be like you, who, who. Yeah? As I get older, and you discipline him, don't want to be like you. I want to be like my mom. I want to be like my Uncle Andrew. He lets me get away with things. I want to be like Uncle David. I want to be like Granddad. Guess what? I have to be his mirror. I have to be the mirror. Paul says, whatever you've seen, whatever you've learned, whatever you've listened to, whatever you've seen in me, do that. Paul was the mirror for Timothy and for the brethren. What you've learned or received, heard from me, seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace. You see, when the Father's the mirror, peace will follow. Peace will follow. And there is the acid test of how to raise a a, a nation. If you can get fathers in the home... Peace will follow. So we say, here we are. We stand at the crossroads. Ask for the good way of the Lord so that you will find rest for your soul. How do you find rest for your soul? Raise fathers. 
raise fathers and peace will follow in the home. Your home should be the most peaceful place there is on earth. Amen? You, however, Timothy, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose. Here's, a fa here's father qualities. Are you ready? Every father should be writing this down. You, however, Scott, you, however, know all about my teaching. My way of life, my purpose, my faith, patience, my love, or my lack of patience at times, my endurance, or my lack of it, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things have happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord has rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. There's, there's the stamp. You're all going to get it, whether you're looking for it or not. Yeah? And here's the, here's the issue. He says, you should know about my teaching. Do you know your father's teachings? Close your eyes right now, every one of you, if you will, please. And think of a father's teaching you learn as a little boy, little girl, and think of one thing that you think, I remember my dad telling me that. Can you remember it? Can you remember it? Please respond. I know you're not dead. You've not fallen asleep on me. Why? Because there's something about our father's teaching we remember. We resented it when he taught us, and then we find ourselves doing it. I end up doing, saying some of the things that my dad taught me and I resented it when my dad taught me but I end up doing it why because he made sense yeah and then I could see Ben now teaching Harper and Ella things that I taught him and I you know got criticized and screamed he screamed abdabs all night long throwing paddies all through the house and now he's doing it I don't want to go smack him <laughs> and say it was good and then he looks at me and goes, well, you know, Dad, you know, Dad, it's good. Yeah. Why don't you just tell, tell me? I just want my son to say, Dad, it was right. But Ben goes, well, I've just changed it a little bit. No, you haven't. You've just taken what I taught you, you scuffer. It's called plagiarism. You should know about my teaching, my way of life, my patience, my endurance. Has your dad got patience? Learn from that patience. Has your dad got love? Learn from that love. If your dad's got endurance, learn. if there's one thing this, this, this generation hasn't got is endurance. If it's got persecution, what did your dad suffer for? What did your dad suffer to give you? What price did he pay to give you? Now our fathers, my father, going backwards, were all providers. They provided. They did whatever they could to put a roof over your head. Food on the table. Shoes on your feet, a bed for you to lie down on. They were providers. That was their challenging life. That's what they showed. That was their mirror to say, I was a man. I provided for you. But we realized that we needed more than that. We needed interaction. We needed love. We needed affirmation. We needed validation. We needed all these kind of things. But our dads didn't have all that. But they, what they were were providers. Right. So what they're showing you there is they had a great work ethic. If there's one thing, a lot of generation, the majority of our generation, well, not majority, a good portion of our generation don't have is a work ethic. They have an entitlement mentality. What did your dad pay the price for? Learn. This is the lesson of the fathers. Because in the kingdom, it's the same. Work for everything. And don't stand there in faith and just believe it'll just come. A raven will feed me. Get real. 
Don't, don't, don't spend all your time just saying, I'll just close my eyes like little Dorothy. There's no place like Lord. There's no place like the church. There's no place like the church. Guess what? When you open your eyes, you'll still be stood in the same place. I endured it, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. How did your father, how did God intervene over your father's life? Learn the pattern. Well, you say, well, I didn't have a father. Who are the spiritual mentors in your life? Well, I don't have any. It's your fault. Rescued me, all of them. In, in, every, in, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life will suffer persecution. That's a great, great scripture. That's one you want to shove in your fridge magnet. Next time you're crying, you say, great stuff, I'm fulfilling what he said about me. I'm going to suffer. Yes. Well, see, in fact, we're going to open a stall at the back of church selling fridge magnets saying you're going to get persecuted. Guess what? No one's going to buy them. Fathers help you to put childish behavior behind you. Oy vey. This is the big one right here. I can't finish what, I'm going to, what, I said this, what started this morning, but I'm going to finish on this scripture and then we're gone. When I was a child, some of us haven't passed this part yet. When I was a child, I'm being serious. We haven't passed this part yet. We still think like children. When I was a child, I talked, talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Why? Because I was a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. What do you think the key word is there? Became. Not even became a man. The word became tells me there's been a change. There's been a journey made. I'm no longer a child. Now I became a man. So let me ask you the question. Who is going to help you become a man? Who is it who helps you? Who, who is it who looks in your face, looks in Dave's eyes and says, you're being a child? And then you see the child go, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Right? Who is it who looks in his eyes and tells him? Now, he knows, I'm using you, Dave, as an illustration. It's not personal. Dave will look in his own children's eyes and say, grow up. He'll say to Dan now, he'll treat Dan differently than he will Sam. Why? Because Sam's still a child. But now with Daniel, he's becoming a man. Right? But he's still got childish ways in him. Has he not, Dave? Of course he has. Right? So when you tell Dan he's been a child, guess what happens? The child manifestations, right, there's the evidence. But they don't look at the evidence. But it takes a man to spot the child. Yes? Well, give me evidence, Dad, that I'm a child. Well, you know when you spoke like this and when you acted like that, right, there's the evidence. When I talked, when I thought, when I reasoned. We all know what it's like to be a child or to have children reason with us. Their logic is unbelievable. Or their lack of it is unbelievable. They don't think of the obvious, do they? There's massive... I mean, if you were a lawyer, you don't have to be a lawyer, but kids train you in the art of, of building a case. And sometimes I've said to our Ben, you know, son, let me argue your case for you because you're doing such a bad job. Why? Because you don't see the obvious. When I thought, when I was a child, so he acknowledged he was a child. Now, being a man... You can be 84 and still be a boy. You can. 
Why? Because it takes some people transition naturally. But there's a boy in every one of us. Or in every male. And it's amazing how many older men revert back to childhood. They want to drive certain cars. They want to do boyish things. Right? The ladies call it a midlife crisis. I don't call it a midlife crisis. I call it the boy never came to his end. The boy's still in there, and he never came to an end. Because some of those things don't need to be done. They don't need to be done. The fact that you want to do them is not the, not the license to do them. All things are possible, but not all things are beneficial. And there's a chance there that, that there's a, still a child in there. I want to go and ride a motorbike. Let me tell you that. I keep saying Phil, I keep putting his radar. We need to go and get a motorbike and ride. Now, our Ben would say, Dad, you're buying the bike and I'll come with you. Right? The boy in me wants to go back to the bike and have some fun again and rip some dirt up. But the man in me says, son, that day's gone. But the boy says, but we can have another day. But then the man says, I've got, if I had 2,000 quid to go and spend on something, wonder what Carol would think. It's not going on a boy toy. It's going to go on a house or it's going to go in something else. Right? That's the man. But the boy will always have a reason and can always argue and justify why he should spend the money. Because, and it's what he says, he mixes the need with the want. I need a bike. I go to Carol, I need a bike. Why? I just need a bike. Do you think Carol's going to put her hand on the shoulder and say, go on, son, get rid of the boy inside you? No. She's going to say, wise up. I don't need a bike. I would like a bike. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get best of both worlds. I found a shop that hires them. And I'm going to go and hire a bike sometime soon. And I'm just going to have a play for a day to see if it's worthwhile investing. But I'm going to have a day. I'm going the cheap way first. But guess what? Even when I'm convinced that I should buy a bike, I still have responsibilities. I still have the man head on me. But if I let the boy out the cage, the boy's going to spend all our money. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, guys. You can spend your money on your passion dead easy and ignore the rest of your family. That's a boy. Because it's gratification. It's how it makes you feel, not what's right. Now, we've got some boys in here. True? So, fathers, it's Father's Day. It's Father's Day. And on Father's Day, it should be Father's Way. can only be Father's way. If it's Father's Day, it's got to be Father's way. That's why it's his day. But our God doesn't have his day. Our God has every day. God has his moment in our life. And when God has his way, the son comes to the father and aligns himself into the father. And he says, and God begins to speak to the son. He says, son, there's still some childish ways inside you that need to be brought to an end. Now, a father can speak to his son. Why? It, that's proof of your legitimacy. If dad can't speak to his son, you're not my son. Hello? If dad can't speak to us, you're not his son. If pastor can't speak to his people, you're not sheep. 
Hello? So when pastor sees rogue, childish sheep, pastor must be able to go and address it and speak. And if he sees childish sheep, guess what? You're still a childish sheep. Or you're a sheep that's becoming a goat because you'll just butt, 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 butt. But we're looking for maturity. It's got to be the Father's way. Let's stand to our feet, if we will, please. It's got to be the Father's way. Father's day, Father's way. So, let me start off, finish off, say, children, obey your parents. Because this is the Lord's will. Because if you do obey your parents and you honor your parents, it will go well for you. Are you who's in for that deal? Let's raise our hands. So we are a children this morning. We are coming before the Father. We are his children. And we're going to obey our Father. So by you saying, obey our Father, you're giving us, as a leadership, power to come and mature you. Because you, as you look up that way, heaven, and you say, Father, I'm as a child, I've come before you, right? I want to, be, I want to do it Father's way. So he says, right, I will instruct the shepherds of how to bring you and align you in the Father's way. That's why he gives us good shepherds or we get bad shepherds. Amen? So we're coming after the little boy, the little child in you, and God's coming after the little boy in me. Amen? So let's just stand before the heaven now and just say, Father, we want your way. If... Just individually, just pray this prayer in, to yourself the way you want it. But this is the framework of it. Lord, I cannot let my sonship or the illegitimacy of my sonship come down to me not obeying you. If you're my dad, I must listen. If you're my dad, I must follow. If you're my dad, you must instruct me in the good way. You must instruct me in the good way. You have created paths for me, Lord. And I'm asking you, O oh God, as my Father in heaven, to show me the good way that will bring rest for my soul and bring peace into my heart. Go and ask him for those things. God will begin to see the heart of a son and a daughter crying out. And God cannot help himself but go and answer the cries of his sons and daughters who are genuine, sincere. Because that's the heart of a father. I carried you. I carried you when you weren't sincere. I carried you when you were insincere. I carried you when you were sinful. But I still carried you because I'm a father. I cared for you when you didn't deserve it. Why? Because I'm a father. I created you knowing that you were going to turn out the way you did. Why? Because I'm a father. And that's what fathers do. So right now, in Jesus' name, we stand before heaven. Father, it's been a good day. It's been a great day in your house today. You've revealed yourself to us. You've spoken to us. You've given us the keys for fathering, O oh God. So, O oh God, as we as your children, we will rise in these principles and we will pursue the destiny of God over our lives. We want the fatherhood of God over our lives. So keep appearing to us, Lord. Keep appearing to us. Keep appearing to us, Lord, so we can tell the next generation of your works. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name.
And every man said, Amen. every woman said, Amen. and all the living creatures said, Amen. come on, let's give the Lord a stand ovation.